possibly bleak as this. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Box to Box. I'm your host, Harry Hicks, joined with Thomas McKeon and Max Botcher. How are you guys doing today? Let's, let's go. I'm having a great day. How are you guys? I'm doing yeah. pretty well, actually. It's uh, Sunday. Played a nice. little footy myself today, which was nice. Good to get out there, move it around. Nice, Harry. Um, How'd you guys Max do? And I saw, Max and I saw this new Spider-Man movie last night. That was fun. Oh, really? Incredible. We won't head any spoilers, but it was actually really good. It was, it was Let's good cut movie. the episode. Let's just talk about it. Spoiler, surprise spoiler. For <laughs> um, no, it was pretty good. That was fun. I'd recommend it. Um, okay. So good weekend. Um, nice. Not that we can start, I guess, with our match recaps. Talking about Chelsea, who did not really have the greatest weekend, um, following kind of a dismal run of form. Mm. Um, again, we had to wake up a little bit early to watch this one, only to be thrilled with a zero-zero tie. Um, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts, Tom? It's kind of like a a chore to wake up and watch that game. You know, <laughs> it, was so it was a little dull. rough. It was, it was so hazy. I could barely see. I was squinting <laughs> to see the players Across. on the far side of the pitch. I was like, "Who's who's winning the blow?" There. Oh my gosh! Um, I, was about, I was thinking about you just waking up and being hazy, but no, it was literally no, a bad game. Field. It was like yeah. hard to see. Yeah. Yeah. Only like the left corner of the field was visible. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate that we actually had to play that game because we had so many injuries. And I was reading the reports that we couldn't really bring in um, youth squad players because they also had a COVID outbreak. So we were such, we were such a thin squad that I understand the poor per- performance, but even still, it was still we like still a very a good team. We still are Chelsea. We still fielded a very like impressive squad and still not much happened. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason was Trevor Chalba isn't the best defensive mid in the world. He can't, um, facilitate like Jorginho can. So a lot of our buildup was a little slow in that department. Um, but I guess most of the blame would come on our attackers and just like a lack of creativity. And especially on the left side, um, I did my, my little pass map on Twitter. Check out my Twitter, box-to-box pod. <laughs> um, and there was like absolutely nothing going on on the left side with Alonzo and Zia. She was whatever whatever we created was just basically in Golagante creating overloads and opening up space for mount yeah, and sometimes I, I do think though like i mean i think some of my frustrations came from the fact that i just didn't know what like Tuchel's game plan was coming into that game right. so i think i put a little bit of blame on him um because you know you just look at our starting 3 um and if you just look at them like on paper i see Pulisic as a left wing mount as a cam and uh, Hakim Ziyech as a right winger. And so you would think it would be kind of line up in that order, but right. Pulisic was playing striker, Ziyech was on the other side, and Mount is played and is on the right, which he does does well, but I don't think that makes it comfortable for Ziyech playing on the left side or Pulisic playing through the middle. I don't think either of them are, um, you know, 
good in either of those right, positions. Right. To be frank. They should have you know? matched up with uh, – they should have been inverted wingers so they can have Reese James as the mm-hmm. right-footed player to cross and Ziyech with the left-footed as the dangerous um, mm-hmm. shot on that side and vice versa for the yeah, left Yeah, and you see – I mean, you see Ziyech playing, and he's playing more in the middle just because he's favoring that side, and so he's always going to drift a little bit closer to where – he wants yeah. to be, but that doesn't help when he should be on the left flank and is exactly yeah um, drifting and closer. That doesn't closer. help break down a back five if every single one of your players is in front of that back five. No right. one's making an actual run right. in behind right. other than Ingola Conte. So I mean, yeah, actually, that was what a game Conte had, and yeah. great to see him back. Um, kind of concerning to see him playing a full ninety, but I think he did it um, pretty well and didn't seem. Um, yeah. So apparently he picked up a injury. he picked up a small injury. Okay. Um, which is unfortunate, but hopefully it's small and hopefully we get a little break so yeah. we can have some time off. So um, one th- yeah, so I think, I mean, I kind of put some of the blame on on Tuchel for kind of that attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I thought one thing that was interesting is I watched him, his like reaction after the match talking to the reporter and he was like, no, like I thought, like he was like, um, I'm happy with the point. Like we played well. I thought like, you know, we, we showed our toughness and grit out there. And I was kind of like, okay, maybe we didn't t- play terrible, but we just, like, drew 0-0 zero, zero to Wolves. That's nothing to be, like, proud about as Chelsea, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, yes, like, we didn't play it terribly, but we certainly didn't play good. And if we should be – I feel like our aim should be a little bit higher than drawing 0-0 oh, zero, yeah. zero with Wolves. So, if, yeah. if we're content with drawing 0-0 zero, zero with Wolves, we're not going to catch up to Liverpool or Man City at this point. Right. So either he's focusing on the Champions League, but he should just he like no, Champions League isn't until February. At this point, yeah. At this point, we have the squad to compete for Champions League and um, Premier League, and at least put up a fight. I, I don't expect us to like win the Premier League. It's going to be definitely a battle, but like I want to at least compete and in going into yeah. April May. All right. You know. Do you? Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say like do you think their form has gone down just because of like the sheer amount of games they're playing right now? Like it kind of started like they're playing Champions League games, obviously that stopped now, but like is it fatigue? Like what I think it's I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. I do think like just our base form has faltered due to like lack of players or lack lack of center midfielders that are fit. You know, we've had mm-hmm. so many injuries in that one position similar to how Liverpool had so many center backs out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually one one thing that one good takeaway today was Saul's performance in the midfield. Um, I actually thought he played really well. You know, it wasn't anything um, outstanding. He didn't have any crazy good passes or anything like that. But he looked much more controlled and, like, to be honest, looked like a totally different player than he has other times at Chelsea. So I thought that was good, at least that if yeah. he needs to. Um, he can do that with a little bit more composure than he has before, which I thought was good. Uh, but Max, to answer your question, I think, yeah, there are so many games, but that's kind of why we have a deep squad. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it'll be interesting if Tuchel kind of debates which competitions he wants to really go for. If, you know, our next FA Cup game, he doesn't really feel that strong of a team, kind of, you know, looking at it, if we lose, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to kind of slim down our fixtures list. Um, yeah. But I thought, I don't know if either, I also listened to um, Jurgen Klopp's interview after the Tottenham-Liverpool game, which was also pretty interesting. Um, and he, well, first of all, that, the officiating in that game was a little bit all over the place. So I think he, I mean, he's always complaining a little bit, but I thought it was good 
or he had some stuff to say there, but he always talks about how there's too many games being played and how there's so many injuries. And he's like, yeah, look at Chelsea's bench. They couldn't even field a full bench. They had to play Kovacic coming pretty much out cold, you know? And so mm-hmm. I do think there is something to be said with too many fixtures. But that being said, that's what these teams have signed up for. So you got to deal with it. Yeah. Sure. So, it's definitely hard for like a lot of the teams that don't have like the money, like Chelsea, like the big squad, the big teams can field like big squads, but like, some of these teams that don't have as much money or resources as some of the other ones, like they, I mean, they're probably not in like champions league and other tournaments, but like still like it's hard for them to like field squads like all the time and play all these games. Like it's crazy. Leeds Leeds are putting out just 18 year olds constantly right now. I can't believe Leeds are still playing. How are are their games not been canceled? Yeah. Like the the team they put out is like unrecognizable as Leeds because I just don't know any of these people. Yeah. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, and honestly, with all these cancellations, I feel like if they're going to cancel, you know, Tottenham's like three games back now. They've had three games canceled. Mm-hmm. Like, just cancel. Like, just take a break. Put the league on pause for two weeks because it's not really going to. I feel like first of all, that's fair to everyone, but also it's not really going to get better if you just keep forcing these games down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think number right. one is definitely safety, but number two, like. Like the the fact that like I think Chelsea like applied or whatever to like try to get that game against Wolves like moved, but like the tie like that can like come down to like the end of the race like these games matter and every point matters in the race so like it is important to like be fair and if people are sick or like people are missing from a squad that they should move and postpone the team or the game like that just makes sense. No, I agree. It's, it's surprising that it's not. Um consistent throughout the teams because it do, if it does come down to um like like tottenham has four, like now three three or four games in hand and that's such an advantage if um teams like like chelsea have to come up against wolves in a week on a weekend side compared to tottenham who gets a long break and then comes back on the strong side same like match fixture number like match 15 but a completely different squad mentality because of the situations yeah, so, look how they played against liverpool today you know they haven't played a game in two weeks yeah i feel like there should be like a, a cold stop for all teams instead of this pick and choose case by case yeah situation yeah well main takeaway still a tie against wolves that shouldn't have happened because we had a better team than them by by far so yeah yeah i was i was i was very frustrated after that game it was unfortunate um all right let's talk a little bit about Bayern, who obviously business as usual yeah um, with covid hitting their team um yeah they act like it doesn't matter in steamroll Wolfsburg 4-0. Yeah. Um, Lewandowski, yeah. Lewandowski broke that record. That whole game, it was like one of those games that all the Byron players were trying to feed Lewandowski just so he could like yeah. break or tie that record. So he got one goal. So he tied Cristiano Ronaldo at like 69 goals in a calendar year, which is which is great. I think that's the second most ever to <laughs> Messi's 92. That's, that's good. But like Messi's ninety-two in a year, like that's <laughs> unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That will, I don't know if that'll be like even touched, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, Someday. yeah, Bayern dominated the whole game. I was glad to see uh, like Mark Roca is like playing like very well. The yeah, last two games, 
Last two games have been clean sheets, and he started both of those games. And he's but like Musiala, like third game in a row playing ninety minutes at center mid. That's pretty impressive as well. Yeah, yeah, but Musiala and Mark Roca are like those are the two midfielders that have been like really stepped up for Goretzka and Kimmich being out. So how did Sabitzer look when he came on? I didn't. I didn't notice anything like with Sabitzer. Like he's like invisible. <laughs> Yeah. He like I feel like he doesn't do anything. I don't think he really gave the ball away like he had like in past games, but like it wasn't like anything different happened. Yeah. But yeah. Sane and Lee were Sane make any big uh, errors either, but still. Yeah, but Gnabry and Sane combination is so good up front yeah. now. They're, they're playing oh. so well. This is. Um, I feel like that's our I, best I, lineup. Yeah. Did you? What I thought? Um, guy, what's his name? Buenasar. Mm-hmm. Who the is right he? back? I, yeah. He's a right back. I forgot where he came from, but he's like he's like not that good, I think. I he think Stanisic like is better. It, look, it looks like they um you know are trying to save a little energy in their in their defenders. Yeah. I don't know why, because we're like we're about to go to a winter break anyways, but yeah. I guess to give them some time. Actually, Cuisance like threw a fit again, apparently. Like he, Bro. they use all five of the subs, and like he threw like his warm up penny towards like Nagelsmann, like when he wasn't subbed on. Like it's Bro, like ridiculous. Probably, like yeah, what they should do is try to get him like a couple of good games and sell him because that's just yeah. Like Nagelsmann isn't going to use him if he's doing that like type of shit. Yeah, well, yeah. that might be like you know part of their plan. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Winter. Speaking of speaking of that, um, this week we're going to do a little round robin style thing where we suggest some signings that um, teams should make this January. And so the teams we chose were four teams kind of in need of a signing, we think, uh, being FC Barcelona, Tottenham, Manchester United, and Juventus. Um, and then also we're going to throw Chelsea and Bayern in there just because, you know, we're so comfortable with those teams. Um, anyone want to go first? Max, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of start off with Bayern. Um so Byron actually just came out and said, you know, they're not like necessarily looking to um, buy anyone in the winter w- window, which was honestly kind of s- surprising to me a little bit, just because I feel like they could need someone. But what was even more surprising was they're like open to like selling some players. So Cuisance is like the number one person that they're looking to sell in the yeah. winter. Toliso might leave too. Um and honestly, so I was going through the team and looking like where the holes are. And I think originally I thought it'd be more like midfield or defense. But honestly, on the defensive side, like I'm comfortable just because we do have Sula on the bench and Stanisic and Nianzu has actually played a few games now. So I'm a little bit more comfortable in midfield with Mark Roca and Muziala filling in for Goretzka and Kimmich. Like, I'm actually content with who we have, but like where I'm, what I'm worried about is like Komen picking up these like injuries and stuff. And now he has like another injury. If something happens to Gnabry or Sané, I feel like then we're, we're starting to be in trouble and maybe Muller can play it left or right. But I wanted to see if I would recommend Byron look into a player that can play either wing and cam. And so I was thinking, why not bring someone back like Coutinho? And we talked about this before, but 
you know, Coutinho is not really in rotation at Barcelona. I don't think he's like in Xavi's plans for the future, like long-term vision. Yeah. So, and, and Coutinho's like, he's familiar with the players at Bayern. Of course, it was with Hansi Flick. But, but like, do you have like, I feel like Coutinho, do you have, like he, would he just be like a backup? Because I feel like he doesn't really add anything new to the attack just because he's frankly like not as good as he once was you know yeah no he would be a backup i don't think that i don't think Bayern. Well, but yeah I, I, yeah but like you know like realistically they would want to be able to have be comfortable bringing him on in a big game moment if they didn't have injuries you know what i mean yeah i definitely think that he can come on i think i think coutinho's great because he's a very like technical player too um, and I think he's good for very different situations and if they're playing specific teams. But sometimes okay. Sané can't go a full game and then you can bring on someone like Coutinho. You can even bring on Coutinho for Muller and have mm-hmm. Coutinho play that central role, which I think is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Coutinho would be a great addition. I don't know if that would happen. He's He's been playing around. But, um, but yeah, Coutinho to Bayern is, is my pick. First. First pick. All right. Yeah. And then Barcelona. Uh, well, no, um, let me, I can do, um, let's rotate it up a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, I can do Manchester United. Um, so, I mean, looking at Manchester United, they obviously just started off with Ralph Ragnick. Um, and, um, you know, they, people have been saying for years that they need a CDM. And so I think that's what I'm going to suggest. Um, and I think the obvious choice would be Declan Rice. Um, obviously, he's been flirting with Chelsea for a year or two, um, and he has a huge price tag on him. So I don't know if United would foot that bill or not. Um, but frankly, I think he is their best option. He's proven in the Premier League, and he can be that kind of lone CDM at Salo that also has very good distribution. Um, and the the thing is that I think Ralph Ragnick kind of wants to play something along the lines of a four three three with that solo CDM and then two kind of um, eight pushing a little further up, and United have that. They have, you know, um, Donny Van de Beek, Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, who kind of can play those uh, more offensive center mid positions. So being able to lock that um, ready or that rock that lock that CDM position down um, will be good. But I think actually my pick is not going to be Declan Rice. Um, it's actually going to be Calvin Phillips. Um, Ooh, with switch up with with leads faltering at this point, um, you know maybe this. I, I would like to see. I think it would be a good signing for January. I don't think it would happen in January. Maybe over the summer, but um, I think Calvin Phillips provides a similar level to Declan Rice for probably <laughs> half the cost, mm-hmm. uh, if especially if leads do um, fall out of the championship. Um, so I think um, th- then they can use kind of other money for different areas if they want to. But um, I think he has such control over the game and, um, you know, can can lead their team from that position. It's the England double pivot right there. Yeah, I know. Well, seriously, that's, yeah. obviously that's why I'm, I'm thinking of those two is because they are proven um, in this league, which uh, honestly for a position like that is so important mm-hmm. um, because t- to be able to basically lead the team in a Jorginho-style way um, is, is not a no small undertaking. So um, I think... My, yeah. my pick is Calvin Phillips. 
All right, let me let me talk about some Chelsea rumors slash what I think they should grab for um, for January. Our key areas that we're faltering right now are the center mid, obviously, and honestly, center back. I feel like we're a little weak right now. Um, with Aspi has been not great recently. Um, Chalaba is also. Um, he's he's good, but he's also still 21. He's not. I don't think he's up to um, starting level at Chelsea. And so I'm gonna say first for center mid, we definitely need a a more defensive mid. Jorginho is basically the only player I think I feel comfortable as that um, conductor in the mm-hmm. team. We've seen um, Chalaba today or. Yeah, Chalba today, we've seen Ruben Loftus-Cheek in that role. Um, and we've seen just like Kovacic and Kante kind of um, play together. But neither of them would really operate that role like Jorginho. Um, and so I'm thinking, and there's been rumors around Ruben Neves, a guy that we saw today really just break down our team um, defensively. And I'm, I'm thinking because... He's pretty young of, too, right? Yeah, he's 24 years old, and what I've been looking for is teams that will be willing to like sell in January are probably like mid-level teams, right. mid-table teams, teams that are like West Ham aren't going to give up Deccan Race at this moment because right. they're going for that fourth spot, they're going for Champions League play. Teams like Leeds might not give up Calvin Phillips because they're fighting for regulation, right. unfortunately. So teams like Wolves, I feel like would be this would be a good, good time to cash in on Ruben Neves, 24 years old. Um, Chelsea is in demand, high demand for a center mid at this point. And then they can focus on just cruising to mid-table and using that cash to revamp their team next year. Yeah. Um, so I think that deal makes sense. Well, no, I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I, I do think he makes sense, but I'm surprised you say center mid um, just based off the fact that I guess this would be a, a January um signing but i my initial thought for chelsea would be like a left wing back um, right. to back up chillwell um the name that popped into my head for that would be i don't know how to pronounce his name but uh like joachim mailer mahler mailer yeah Mahler. yeah the danish guy who plays for atalanta um that being said atalanta are you know fighting for the syria title um these yeah. days so they're probably likely not going to sell him but I think he would be a pretty good, um, you know, six month replacement if we were looking at it like that. Um, and that being I, said, I do th- like. Um, I think Neves would be good, and I think what's good about him too is he his distribution is very good. He's very good at those kind of through the lines passes, um, mm-hmm. which is something that Jorginho does provide, and it's something that Conte or Ruben Loftus-Cheek don't really excel at. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're kind of our other backups or other options, um, and if I'm, if I'm being honest, I don't think that. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is really up to stuff. I think I was saying this last week, um, I guess up to snuff as the saying goes. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's up to it these, these days. Um, and so I do think that could be kind of that fourth center mid spot. If you do want a, to have four solid center mids, um, that could be a good signing. Yeah, I um, agree. So I like that. I, th- I think Mela is a good shout for maybe next summer. Right. Um, I think he is, I think he's right-footed, actually. Like technically, he, he used plays to play on right the left, wing. but he's, he used to play right wing, which is like golden for us because 
our backup for Reese right now is Asby, who is pretty much floundering recently. Um, and our backup for Chilwell is Alonzo, who has also been very poor recently. So having a player like Mela would be amazing for going forward to have just like in rotation on both sides uh-huh. if they get injured, but also just like to have like Reese and Chilwell when, when they're healthy are playing the every game. And that's not sustainable right. for a team. And I do think he, one thing that is good about him is that his preferred position is in a wingback role. You know, because our our current backups are Hudson Odoi and Pulisic, and I know that they don't like playing there. Um, you know, Hudson Odoi talks about how when Tuchel first told him to do that, he like started laughing. He thought it was like a joke, um, <laughs> just because like, how am I supposed to play there? But being able to have someone who does like excel in that position um, is good. And also, Tom, that's a good point. Reese obviously is phenomenal at the wing back role, but he's also good in that right center back role. So mm-hmm. having Mailer have the ability to play and kind of either side would be would be huge. So um, I like I think that's a good shot as well as Neves. Um, all right, Max, you want to go for Barca? Yeah. Oh, poor Barcelona. Uh, yeah, they played well, so they got a win, didn't they? Gavi uh, too. Got, did they? Gavi got a goal and assist. Oh yeah, I think. Years old. Yeah, I think he's like the Pretty only good. under eighteen player that's gotten a goal and assist, which is crazy. Um, I mean, that doesn't surprise this me. That's, year. Such, that's crazy. Um, no, but so, so Chavi, Chavi's doing this thing where he's like not only changing around players every game, but he's like changing the formation like every game. And I think he's just trying to figure out obviously like what system works the best and also what players played the best together. Um, but I was just thinking like long-term vision, what is best for Barcelona? And I was trying to put in, put together a team that like, this would be their best team in my opinion. And that does not include PK Busquets. Um, I actually still included Alba just because he's been actually like playing super well at left back. He's like top five in one V one index for La Liga. And he's like got number one in key passes in the box. Oh, wow. So okay. I think their defense, uh, Ter Stegen and goal, Alba, Lenglet, Araujo, and that and Dest. And I think their midfield is great. Like Pedri, De Jong, and then Gavi at, at attacking that's mid. That's really good. Yeah. Like that's great. Like great potential at least. And then yeah. this and is then, where they have Nico too, who's also like a youngster who can play defensive instead of Frankie if they want. Masia coming back. Yeah. And then this is where I think about it. So attacking Ansu Fati when he's back, Depay and Dembele, and Dembele's one hurt all the time and two his contracts up next year so that's a problem and then the first person that i think about is ferran torres and he's been talked mm-hmm. about going to going to barcelona the whole yeah. like for the last two years right and ferran torres has been hurt like for city majority of the season i think he's only played like two or three games well how are um, they gonna they're gonna replace the chronically ill Dembele with a chronically ill Ferran Torres but I don't think he's chronic he's not chronically ill he's just hurt right now you know know. Dembele is like hurt hurt every other game um no but I think this would benefit Ferran Torres too because he's 21 years old he's Spanish I'm sure he he wants to play Barcelona loves Spanish players obviously he probably Um, knows all those guys all those young guys yeah and and honestly when Ferran Torres gets back Pep might be favoring, I was looking at the team, might favor five, four to five players over him because he's competing with Bernardo Silva, Grealish, Sterling, Foden, and Mahrez. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's very difficult. Those are five players. De Bruyne sometimes play, plays a wing. Like it is very difficult to find time to play in that team. And for that talented of a player, like Barcelona should be all over that. And right now, if he's hurt, I'm sure his price is down too. You know, yeah, that is true. He's not he, playing. I also, Max, I think your point about saying he's Spanish is good too, because if you think about it, like whatever, five or six years ago, it's obviously not a requirement, but they like all of their, you know, Barcelona was kind of prided themselves in having this like deeply Spanish squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you looked at those pictures of like the uh, Spanish national team, and it was all Real Madrid and Barcelona. Um, and I think kind of in times of need like this, it is good to fall back kind of on your your core and what kind of like is like important to that team. And I do think that kind of speaks to their like, you know, values as a club a bit, but also, which also is good for the players, helps their mentality out. Um, and like Ferran, I'm sure plays, has played in the, you know, national Youth. team with Pedri and Gavi and like these other guys. Yeah. Um, and Sufati too, he's Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all these guys, um, and you know, similar age as well. So they're all kind of coming up. Um, and also, I, I mean, Barcelona, like, they also do have, they're just, like, they just need to find themselves. And I think it's, like, really just, like, they need a year to kind of, like, reset. Yeah. Um, but having players like Busquets and PK still there, Ter Stegen as well, is Dani good Alves. for that. Dani Alves. Um, so, Alba, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, I think there, there's so much talent there. So I think that's a good shout, too, because you can kind of provide, like, this next wave of Barcelona. Um, yeah. And get out of City where he's not getting the time. Yeah, exactly. And I bet, like, you know, he probably grew up watching Xavi. He's our age. He grew up watching Xavi. I'm sure that's, like, a coach you would love to play for, you right. know? So I'm sure that's that's definitely a point for him, too. So. Yeah, I wonder how much – the one thing is I bet he would be very expensive because I think um, he was pretty costly was when um, City bought him. So I think his price right now is, like, around $70 million, which is pretty steep for Barcelona. Um, mm-hmm. and just also for a player that isn't like tremendously versatile um, he is pretty much playing that wing role um, and literally like they're at the point where they just need players that can be able to do a lot of different roles on the pitch um, but if they can get that price down a bit I think that's a good signing yeah definitely um, alright Tom you want to move into Tottenham <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur with a great performance today from uh, against Liverpool. What a tackle by Harry Kane! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear in the press conference afterwards? He said, "He said I don't even think it was a foul." <laughs> was was that a, was that not a red? Like they no, it was gave yellow. Him, oh. They gave him yellow, but it wasn't like I can see how there could like yeah. I, I do think it should have been a red. It was um like whatever is it called studs up tackle right into his leg um (laughs) but robertson the thing he did was he kind of jumped right before so the impact wasn't as great um but if like Jurgen Klopp was saying this if his foot was on the ground i'd like burn his leg so i think that's like requirements or seems fitting for a (laughs) a red card (laughs) yeah um all right anyway i'm sorry (laughs) yeah yeah um so chatty this episode. Uh, Harry, I, I, I love your voice though. That's it. <laughs> it's all right. Um, last six games before this Liverpool game, um, Conte played a three-four-three with like Son, Kane, as and Lucas pretty much as his forwards. Um, 
And they've been playing all right. They've gone, I think, like four wins, a couple draws, and an embarrassing loss to Mura. I don't even know that team in like the Europa League. Um, but it's been going all right. I watched the Brentford Tottenham game, and I feel like their biggest struggle right now is on their right side. They're playing Emerson Royale as this right wing back, and Emerson Royale is very much a defensive right back. Um, he reminds me of um, Juan Basaka right now, where Juan Basaka is more the defensive right back, while Luke Shaw on the left is more like Regulon is more attacking um, player. And in Conte's um, three four three, I feel like they need a right wing back that's a lot more can actually bring the ball forward. Right. Um, they would just get get stuck on the right side constantly, right. and they would just like recycle it. Um, so a player that I've seen rumors for Tottenham, and I think it would be a good fit, this guy, Manuel Lazari, hmm. who plays for Lazio. Um, reason I think it's a good fit is he played for Lazio when it was um, Inzaghi's team, who's now the um, coach at Inter. And he, he's played in a three... 3-5-2 system or like the 3-4-3 as a wing back. But now Sari is at Lazio. Mm-hmm. So he's playing in like this 4-3-3 as like a, a just a right back. So I think he wants to be as a right wing back. So it'd be a great role for him. And Lazio is in eighth place in right. the league, not really um, performing that well. I think they're going to be in a similar position as I was talking about like Wolves where they're in a position to sell and Tottenham would be a great place for him to come in. I didn't even think about that, Tommy. That's, like, smart because obviously the top teams that are pushing for, like, the top four spots, like, they're not going to sell any other players, which makes sense. No, so, not for January. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I feel like that that's going to be – yeah, it's a pretty small seller's market in mm-hmm. January. I think mm-hmm. the bigger deals we're going to see are going to be, like, um, players that are, like, pre, pre-contract uh, expiring deals, you know. So, I, mean, I also do like bolstering that right side because watching their game today, um, what's his name? Sessignon on the left mm-hmm. side. He looked really good, actually. Um, and they also have Regulon in that position who is um, does have not the not the greatest left wing back in the role, but he is pretty he, good. He does his job. He's pretty, yeah, he's pretty good, yeah. Um, on the attacking side of things, he's good um, as well as defensively. Because um, my, my, my initial thought, again, was to be of a, a more central player for Tottenham. But honestly, like if they can get Deli Ali to like actually play football, yeah, <laughs> like he did today. Obviously, he missed a couple sitters, but he was that's, like, great a today. Great though. option like, if, they can, of... if he can play again and like actually not do like a Rabona flick every time he gets the ball. <laughs> uh, well, I mean that's been his problem before. He just overcomplicates things, and that's yeah. why coaches get frustrated with him because he doesn't make the simple pass. But that being said, he played so well today. So if they can kind of re-up him as an option in that camp position to add a little creativity, which he has so much of, would be um, pretty exciting for Tottenham. Yeah, I thought and that was really be a huge achievement by Conte because, honestly, no coach has been able to get the best out of Deli Ali right, for, right. for a long period of time. Well, they went from basically his midfield four was Reguilon, Hoiberg, Skip, and um, Emerson Royale. He completely, basically completely scrapped that today against Liverpool. They put Ndombele... Harry Winks and Dele Alley, three pretty decent players, like struggling this year. Um, and he, they had a great game. So the fact that he has 
all five of those midfield players as options is huge. as options. The problem is like those like Ndombele and um, Ali Dele Ali can't really play in those center mid roles when we're, you're playing a three, four, three. Um, but as in a five, three, two, they were great today. So it really opens up a lot of options for Conte. Yeah. And so I don't think they need a, a center midfielder. No, that's I think the one other thing they might need is another center back. Cause now they're playing three in the back instead of two in the back. Um, so another guy I was in, into was Gleason Bremer. He's this guy at, for, in Torino, similar situation. Torino's in like ninth in Syria mm-hmm. and he's being linked to a lot of premier league clubs. I think he's linked to Chelsea as well. Um, but I think that like Conte wants players that have, are playing three in the back systems, right. in Italy, just like similar systems to come in and help out. So I think that's like the main key is for January windows, like players that can actually come in and play you know, the position similar systems and won't cost the club club a shit ton of money taken away from a club that actually like needs that player. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, watching a kind of a three four three week in and week out with Chelsea it is interesting to see those center backs in a three-back formation because they do have to be so – they're defensively minded, but they play such an important role in the attack as well. Right, right. So having someone, especially in January, to come in be able to slot in is huge. Um, yeah, so this Bremer guy, I, I looked at some highlights, and he definitely can um, not only pass the ball forward, but like carry the ball forward. Yeah. Which is really important in a three-in-the-back system. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, let's move to our, our last option, which is Juve. Um, and Juventus, they're, I think they're currently in sixth place um, and not looking particularly threatening. Um, they've won, I think, their last couple of games, but over seems that they should win. Um, and I think their biggest problem, you know, their def- defense has always been, you know, kind of their backbone, and I think that's still up to, up to stuff. Um, and their attack as well is decent with... What are the, you know, Dybala and Murata. Um, but I think the main area they need is um, their center mids. And if you think about to, back to same idea with kind of Barcelona, if you think back to five or six years ago, I'm trying, I don't really remember all their names, but like Marquisio, um, I don't know if you guys, who those other? Pirlo. Pirlo, yeah. Um, and they had, you know, just like rock solid center mids. And now they are lining up with, not McKinney. to disrespect him, but yeah, Weston McKenney and like the center mid, um, and Ar- Arthur, Archer, uh, Rabio. Rabio's not that none good. Of the, none of them are like top quality center mids. And the thing is, none of them, uh, maybe Archer more than the others, but have like Weston McKenney and Rabio are terribly def- terrible defensively. Mm. Um, and that hurts the core, as we've seen with Chelsea having um, players with like Loftus Cheek with less defensive prowess um in that position so i think what they need is like a similar to what i was talking about with um united they just need a player that can like hold down the midfield and really just kind of not be a bruiser but like um control the game um you know Giorgino, for reference isn't like a bruiser or anything but he you know takes the game and makes it his own Mm -hmm. so i think they really need to upgrade particularly mckenny and rabio um so I think there's a couple options here. Um, one name that's already been linked with moves away from PSG is uh, Wijnaldum. Um, he obviously just moved there over the summer, but hasn't really played that well. Um, and he's in no way like a super defensive player, but he is someone that is very creative and kind of um, 
be less dribbling oriented like Rabio and McKenny um, and work on that distribution. Um, and so he would be kind of like an option for January. Um, I think, you know, names like Pogba could come into play over the summer. Uh, but I think they should go for what I'm going to butcher this name, but uh, Milinkovic Savic uh, from mm. Lazio. Yeah. And he is a player, I believe he's 26, and he's been linked away from Lazio for years. Like three years ago, he was like on the top list of everyone, every Premier League club wanted him and whatnot. Um, and that hasn't happened. And now he's being kind of relinked. Um, I think he has five goals, five assists in the league this year. And so I think that was that's someone who would be great for Juventus because he does have that kind of control of the game. He's a little bit floaty here and there, but his distribution like through the lines is great. Um, and his ability to kind of make that midfield his own is what Juventus needs. Um, and I think my one other like option was Zakaria from uh, Gladbach. Um, but I don't think he has kind of the, quite the skill set or frankly, the kind of flashy name that Juventus need. You know, I think they could use a little bit of a um, makeover almost, you know, they need kind of a, some exciting players um, to kind of rally the, found the team around. And I think um, Savage probably would be maybe a 60 million um, euro signing, which is a lot of money, but is feasible for Juventus, especially um, they're likely going to sell either McKenney or Rabio over the summer. So if they get rid of either one of those guys for 30 million, you know, they're, they're already halfway there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy, like you were saying before, yeah. Lazio are also in kind of a selling position um, and are likely with their faltering form, they've been better in years past to kind of look as for a little bit of a makeover for themselves as well, which obviously includes selling some players. Um, so I think he's my pick for. Yeah, Harry, I like that. Isn't um, like your analysis here Locatelli or whatever is like on loan yeah. right now? There, no, I, I think was... they signed him permanently. But oh, really? he, so he, but he's someone again, you know, he's someone he's injured right now, but also he's not kind of in favor with what's oh, I can't think of the coach's name. Um, I don't know, but he's not like in favor Mas- right now, Massimiliano or whatever, uh, Allegri. Yeah, Allegri. Allegri. yeah, so he's not in like favor with Allegri. Um, yeah. And Allegri's been playing McKinney and so forth, but I do think Lactelli is just a better player and with kind of more experience, frankly, in the center mid, you know, Savage has been playing in Syria at the high at a high level for four or five years, um, which neither the other three, Lactelli, Rabio, McKenney, Archer, none of them have done that. And so having a little bit of more of experience along the lines of Marquisio, who is just a rock in Syria. For years, Pirlo, known for their distribution. Um, I mm-hmm. think trying to kind of, again, draw on some of the... Look look back behind you a little bit and see what worked out before. And a lot of times, like, I feel like that would make sense to work, work again. So if they kind of look back and try to emulate some of those players and not replace them or not copy them, because obviously the game has changed. But, you know, look at what has worked before and draw that from... Yeah. Little, draw that. Draw a little bit from that. What do I just say? <laughs> well, I was going to say, like... Now that we're talking about it, I feel like Juve and Barcelona are like in very similar positions right now like yeah. with the club, you know, like they're both like they've been so successful for the last like for, for however long we can remember, like 10, 15 years. But they're at this point where, you know, Juve is still like they're they're starting defense is Chiellini and Bonucci. Like how long can that go on? Like <laughs> the they, they need to move. On. Yeah, they need to move on. 
So like right. they they have to make the investment and obviously neither club neither the clubs have made the investment early enough into these young players to make that switch but now they're at the point where like they're going to have a year or two down and they're not going to be competitive like they're used to but like they have to do that to like be uh, competitive yeah. yeah they have to and i think especially with Juve signing allegri over the summer this year that's like a huge sign that they want a little bit of what they had before when they were challenging for the Champions League. You know, now they're not even in top four in Serie A um, and just got that fourth spot last year. So I think they, at a time, tried to, you know, move on from their kind of traditional form. You know, they didn't re-sign Allegri and they got uh, sorry. Um, and then that didn't really work out. So they got Pirlo and that, didn't, that was even worse. So now they're back to Allegri. So I think if you're going back to Allegri, who's a great coach, given the players he needs and kind of re-up that, that midfield. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, that does it for our little transfer talk. Um, I had fun. I like that. that. I will, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see which signings come out. And I think maybe we don't get the players nailed on, but it will be interesting to see if those positions that we were mentioning are... Um, positions that end up being filled by these teams yeah um, i can't know, I, wait to come back to this and roast i, no, I feel yeah i feel off. i feel like i'm a little bit i'm like okay at least I, my insight is not terribly off if we yeah. kind of get some i will say covid might affect it a little bit just because like teams might not be willing to dish out as much money as they would normally right. you know watch so. us get zero right yeah <laughs> None of like there is just going to be a quiet winter winter transfer window <laughs> yeah we've been hiding be out this window this window for the past month um yeah well i guess we'll see um i don't think i think we're going to skip predictions this week um just because all these games could be canceled especially for the premier league yeah uh, like that but um it was a pleasure speaking with you both today so hey, nice well, to see happy you holidays yes. happy holidays have a great new year guys stay safe enjoy your trips thank you thank you to undisclosed locations i want yeah. our listeners we don't bothering <laughs> us on on holiday right i don't want the pop paparazzi <laughs> to follow us around, yeah. You know? yeah um all right well thank you all for listening um we will be back in action in january with surprise surprise a new setup um the new sound some new intros and um, some new segments. So we look gonna forward be so... to seeing you all now. Sound like this. That's how it Oh my yeah. god! There will new be year, no more new sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna yeah. be sharp. Right. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, peace out. Hi, right. peace boxers. Thank you, boxers. I love your thank you, boxers.